good to be here. Glad we can meet again over the word of God together, God's people doing this. Um, and we are in Luke 14, in the middle of the chapter from verses 15 to um, 24. And we'll give it about a half hour today. We have some great uh, graces um, service in a little bit. And uh, well, before we do anything else, Father, thank you for this time. May you sanctify our hearts, our hearing. Um, may, may this land within us well. May you stir up within us uh, a stronger faith. And, a, and uh, the person is, the more thankful the person is, uh, the more joyful they are. So thank you. Um, may, that, may that win over the other things that reside within us and help us just to hear your word because we've received more than an invitation. We've received the one who invites and he is the true, uh, the true spectacle of our coming to, the true substance of our calling, uh, the caller. And so help us just to see you, Lord Jesus, uh, for all of your glory in this word that is before us here and uh, raise God within us and make, enlarge our hearts so they would go running after you. Uh, be satisfied in you and obey you. And it's for your wonderful name I pray for all of these here and myself and uh, for anybody who would hear from the message we would receive today. And thank you for your word in Jesus' name. Amen. All right. Good to be back, guys. Good to see everybody. Um, I wonder he can't see everybody. Out there, you can see everybody just fine, but when these cannon lights are in you, it's a different story. Good Friday. I couldn't, I didn't know, I couldn't see anybody here. <laughs> yeah. Couldn't see to walk in, I know. Yeah. Yeah. Intentional, but maybe a little dangerous. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. All right. Um, yes, I've, I've, I've missed you guys. I've missed this. And, um, here we. All right. So, as Leonard said today, um, verses one to um, what we're going to go through today is all one sitting. So he first, like at the beginning of the chapter, he he's a guest at a house and he talks um, to the Pharisees who were also invited, and then he talks to those who were invited. He talks to the host and the invitees, um, and then he says, "When you throw." A, a, a great banquet, the parable of the great banquet. And he said to also to men who had invited him, so he talk, turns it to the host now, the Pharisees, the invitees, and then the host, when you give a dinner or a banquet, do not invite your friends or your brothers or your relatives or your rich neighbors, lest also you in, uh, you in return will be, uh, you will be repaid. So they can invite you to things. So do stuff for people who can't do things uh, for you, give um, to the invite the when you throw a feast, invite the poor, the crippled, the lame, the blind, and you will be blessed because they cannot repay you. Uh, for you will be repaid at the resurrection of the just. Um, so that's a picture of what we have in Christ. We are those uh, poor, given great wealth, great treasure. We are. This is what we said last time uh, before we paused the book of Luke, just to get it fresh in our mind again. <laughs> um, we are those crippled given standing. We are the lame given stride. We're the blind given sight in Christ. Um, um, the, the, those who are poor in spirit, that's what every Christian confesses themselves to be. Uh, and the more you know Christ, the more you know this. Um, 
uh, the more you get closer to Christ, the less you have to boast about, and the more you gain to boast about because you start boasting in him, um, in the one who promoted you, in the one who gave you a standing, in the one who gave us treasure, the one who became our treasure. And we saw here before back in verse 11, everyone who exalts himself will be humbled, and he who humbles himself will be exalted. It's so in Christ, and Joe, you already heard this at a men's breakfast two months ago, but we're doing the same thing today. Um, in Christ, um, we cannot promote ourselves. And so we remember when we said they had those couches, those U-shaped couches at these banquets uh, in the typical Jewish high-end home. Uh, and, the vo- and the place of honor was um, in the middle of the couch. And so people would scramble to get to the place of honor. So there was a prestige um, status thing. And no one would want to sit at the bottom of the couch or on the floor or something like that. But Christ commands us to. Um, because in our pride, we can only be demoted. In our humility, we can only be promoted. Um, and so there's, yes. Oh. Yeah, Leonard and I are reading this book right now. It's called uh, Paul and the Gift, um, written by actually Barclay. You like Barclay? Probably heard Barclay. Um, and it talks about like all the different facets of a gift and how God's gift is uh, completely unique among like gift giving. Uh, has as different cultures have different things behind gift giving. You give to get back, and that really doesn't constitute as a gift, but you give as like to receive honor, you give, and there's strings attached some kind of way, shape, or form. Um, and we're, we're just getting into it, I don't have, but there's, to, for a person to receive the gift, there, there's so much that comes along, they feel obligated then. And this is just an open-handed, this is for you. And there's this, the strings are attached on agenda strings, they're like good kinds of, they're good strings that like kind of pull you in this warmth and embrace, they're strings that embrace you. and. To, for people to, it's hard for people to receive because we have a culture of strings attached. Um, 
Yeah, because they probably think, you know, I mean, I haven't talked to them, obviously, but a lot of them probably think, oh, well, they're giving this free food, so I can then become them. You know what I mean? They're going to want to push the Lord on me. They're going to want to do this, so I'll just try it through. And abstinality, that's what we're learning not to do. Mm -hmm. We're learning not to push you into a corner with the Bible. That's not what we're about. We're learning just to love you where you're at. But it's just, it's neat as we go through this to watch people and their reactions to it. Because it's, yeah. And we, we react like that at times. I'm sure. Oh, yeah. I mean, we're human. But it's just that now that we're learning it, that there's a difference, and we're trying to learn that and work through that, you can actually see the other one. Say, oh, I, can't. I just can't receive this. Like, I can't just take it. Yeah. I got to give you something. Yeah. Well, the Lord has used us now to open the door mm -hmm. and acknowledge. We have planted this now. Holy Spirit will now step in and do the rest. Some might come, some might Well, I will tell you this, the good news is that Julie, one of the ones that did the prayer request that she sent us along with the number, I called her because she signed up for Lady C. And so I called her and I said, this is Grace Ellen from First Christian Church. And I just wanted to, to tell you that I noticed that you signed up for Lady C and invite you to church on Sunday and to give you my phone number so you can call me if you feel more comfortable doing that night. And she's like, I was just going to tell you, I was going to come this week, but I have to work. She said, but I'm planning on coming next week, and I'll give you a call. Mm -hmm. So that's one that just sat down yeah. and perceived yeah. it. You know, yeah. So. yeah. Hey, you, mean, you have no idea what the, we, we just be faithful in the midst of things that we're doing and make sure we're praying that uh, make this what you want it to be, not what I intend for it to be, you know, things like that. Um, all right, verse 15. Okay. When one of those who reclined at the table with him heard these things, he was a little jostled by what he heard. He said, Blessed is everyone who will eat bread in the kingdom of God. Okay, so he's. What's underneath that, underneath his statement of saying this? In the Jewish mind, um, they could not perceive of another, of a Gentile being invited to the table and sharing a meal with them or that they alone would sit at God's table and be in his presence. It was just inconceivable at that time. And different groups around the world think, you know, if you're not like us, if you don't have our backstory, you're not of us. But Christianity is unique in that Jesus calls us to go into the entire earth, into every culture, and... Um, the, the Great Commission directs us into every tribe, nation, and tongue. Um, and so, that is why Jesus tells this parable. He's about to undermine this man's thinking. Um, offset it, and get, or maybe give it a fuller picture, because there's some truth to what this man said. Uh, but Jesus has something larger that in the will of God is bringing forward. Um, but he said to him, a man once gave a great banquet and invited many. Now, before we go further into the text, let's talk about this man. Um, you can see this, what, the fact that he, um, like the greatness of the banquet and the many that he provides for shows us the greatness of the man. So in this story, this man is God, okay? 
Um, Jesus puts God forward as different characters. He's a king over here. He's a landowner over here. He's a farmer here. He's these different facets. Bless you. Um, so the greatness of the, of this banquet. This is a great banquet, and it it, it it's a it shows the greatness of this host of this man in this parable. Um, and this is. Also tells us the fact that he's hosting a banquet tells us that he's concerned with joy because a banquet is a good thing. A banquet in this time was like the highest form of, of like a good time. Like uh, we have different joyful festivals right now. Uh, and we have different occasions that we go to, but a banquet then was like, this is a joyful occasion. He's concerned about joy. He's generous. Um, He's kind, he's open-handed. He's a relational man. He wants the people to come. He wants to be with and them to be with him. And at the time for the banquet, he sent his servant to say to those who had been invited, come, everything is ready. All right, so, in these days, when a banquet was held, people would receive an invitation uh, long in advance, but they would not receive a time of day. They would receive the day, but they would not receive the time of day. And once the, everything was ready, then they would be called. So it's, a, it's, a, it's, it's kind of a slap in the face to have received the invitation, said you were going to come, then the day of, not to come. Um, and that's what we have here. The time of the Messiah has come, and there are people who are saying, we're not going to come now. Um, and this is insulting, and later we'll see that this great man, this angers him. Come for everything is ready, verse 18. But all alike began to make excuses. The first said to him, I have bought a field, and I must go out and see it. Please have me excused. And another said, I have bought five yoke of oxen, and I must go and examine them. Please have me excused. And another said, I have married a wife, and therefore I cannot come. All right, so these are excuses. Everybody has excuses. They're very easy to have. They get us out of the things that are in front of us, and they're endless, and I have them. And these excuses, though, in this story, they reject this great man for lesser important things. Um, and so they miss out on this man's banquet for lesser things. Yeah, Joe. Yeah, the, yeah. You see, these are they—they're able to purchase fields and livestock. They're wealthy people. They're perhaps self-satisfied, rich. What I, get at, what I want to get at was the parable in the scripture. Mm -hmm. It seems like the Lord is telling a story 
It's headed towards that. But to miss out on the banquet is to miss out. The parable shows two sides, like the people that are interested and the people that aren't. Yeah. And I think when it comes to the table, I, I, I sense it's got to be coming to, mm -hmm. to meet with other believers in yeah. second bread. Mm -hmm. And that's what makes us grow. But it seems like the people that are, that are self-sustained no, they, uh, yeah, they don't know. If, if, if you're so satisfied with, well, yeah, he, he's the one who does this. God's the one who draws in, right? Luke, uh, John 6. He, do, he does that forework, that drawing stage when he begins to bit by bit, you know, millimeter by millimeter, open the eyes of the blind and then you, we, yes, I was absolutely that way. I thought I was good, you know, because I said I was a Christian and thought he existed. Nope. Uh, that's, but I didn't know him. And I think a lot of people get accused. He didn't know me. If your life is going really well and the money is coming in and you seem to have no real issues, then, well, if you're claiming to be a Christian, then it's like, well, you know, God gives yeah. me stuff. Right. Well, look how good I am because God gives me something. But it's just the devil giving it to you. Yeah. I mean, God God does provide. I've heard uh, a lot of people, though, that have a lot of money, like millions, and they'll be like, well, I've done everything that I, God asked me to do, why God's blessing me. And it could be, I mean, these are people that make good money. Yeah. But I just think it's how you use it. Did you direct them to Ecclesiastes when the yeah. richest man who ever lived, right. smartest man who ever lived, most pleasured man who ever lived, Solomon writes, it's all meaningless. <laughs> And um, a chasing after the wind and nothing under the sun that can ultimately fill the uh, Ecclesiastes 3.11 eternity that God has placed in our hearts. Only the eternal one can sit on that throne. And we put, you know, lots of different things and ambitions and whatever on that throne, right? And we sit on it, essentially. And until he comes and he opens our eyes to our helpless state our depravity and then he becomes treasure and then our eyes are open um, but these these people here in these in verses 18 to 20 um, hey, hey Rich, yeah is, uh, real quick yeah I, I think he's, he's, he's actually mentioning the Jews yeah they said at the front right you know if you have a if you got a scar or you got something wrong with you you weren't in the in the the banquet room, you were outside of it. Yeah. I mean, if you had a defect, yeah. you weren't allowed at the banquet in the Jewish in the Jewish tradition. Yeah. And that's I think where he's going here with this. Yeah. And you notice he got angry when he wanted. He's about to, to yeah, in the text, yeah. And yeah. What does he do? He invites the ones that got defects. Yep. And we're all born with defects. Uh, right. <laughs> 
Yeah. Okay. That's what I wanted to bring out yeah. five minutes ago, and I made it too long. No, no, that's fine. That's fine. Welcome. <laughs> um, no, but these, they, these, these have excuses when they had an invitation. They made an exchange, and that's what all sin is. It's a, John Piper, I think, said it's the suicidal exchange of God for lesser things. That's what all sin is. Um, the suicidal exchange of God. I'll, momentary pleasure exchange of, because we believe there's more joy in those things we exchange God for than in God. I do that all the time. Um, and, and some of these excuses are, you know, th these are good things. None of those things are evil. The checking of the land, the checking of the livestock, but you could have went to this banquet and carried the joy you found at the banquet right. into these things. And they could have waited till tomorrow, so to speak. Right. You know, you, the guy who married a wife, bring her. <laughs> uh, yeah, but, um, yeah, my, yeah, that's kind of funny part of the text. You wouldn't, yeah. Um, but hey, maybe this guy in the, in the, the who married a wife was thinking of um, Deuteronomy 24, 30. Or 24 verse 5, where there's a, it's in the law that if a soldier marries, he gets the year off. Okay, so maybe he's like, he's justifying it with that, but like, yeah. So, yeah, because if there was part of the law, if you got married, then you're excused for a year to enjoy your marriage. But that doesn't, you know, mean you leave your God. Doesn't mean you deny it's a good thing, but it comes a bad thing when you leave God out of it. said yes, so then it becomes duty, but that's not what it is alone. It's duty and delight. It's a delightful duty or a dutiful delight, however you want to think of it. Yeah. These, yeah. Much bigger than yeah. Like in the realm of, yeah, in the realm of things. Yeah, this is a relational man. He, he's pulling us into that. Yeah. Or, you know, to go see a field. Yeah. Or on field. Or, you know, because you got near. Yeah. You can't turn away. Yeah. Like this, like, think right now of this happening in a, in a city, in a, in a town. This is the priority of the city right now. Like, everybody's coming towards this. So those who are going out and doing other things who've received this wonderful invitation to come to this great man's banquet are being foolish. They're, they have their eyes on their priorities, but this, they're rejecting that you know, God made you a priority, this great man. 
come to enjoy this man's banquet. Um, so being that we all have excuses, um, maybe this week, find what, you know, pray. Ask God to identify you um, in you, in us. You know, what's, you know, whatever our excuses that, you know, whatever's keeping us from God or making us hesitant, that's how you identify your excuse, right? Um, and it's a fear of something, something that he's been pointing back where you've been trying to walk on and say, God's saying, no, we're going to deal with this before we go any further, before you get transferred to the next stage of sanctification and glory, we have to do this. Do that with God. God doesn't play games. He says, no, we're going, we've got this to deal with first. And then we can go on. And then you'll be free of that excuse and you'll desire more afterwards to be with him. Okay, so, so the servant came and reported these things to the master. He says these people who were going to come and they gave the reasons why not. They're not going to come after all. Um, so the servant came and reported these things to his master. Then the master of the house became angry. And he said to his servant, Go out quickly to the streets and lanes of the city and bring in the poor, crippled, and blind, and lame. The servant said, Sir, his servant does this, what you have commanded is done, and there is still room. And the master of that house, the master said to the servant, Go out to the highways and hedges. Now this, he asked him to go into the city first. Now he's talking about the Jewish people, those in the city, the people who are within the borders, who are his people, um, and now he's saying, go out of the city, go into the, the, the highways and hedges, go around the city, go to the people who aren't part of us, go to them. Those are Gentiles, that's us. We are those who are outside of the city, outside of the kingdom, who've received this invitation. And the master said, go out the highways and hedges and compel people to come in, that they may be filled. I like that. Like the great man has a great house whatever is keeping us from this or lesser things. And um, this man's, Jesus says, I go to prepare a place for you. Like there's room for us. This is the God, this is the God who created the universe and there's a lot of space out there. He can create a place big enough for us. Um, this is, this verse actually, just about this verse, verse 23. This is what, uh, Kind of the shame of the church over the years what people have they've, they've used this verse to justify going and doing a lot of terrible things in the world like the knights of the templar have you ever heard of them all right so those are the guys like in medieval times with the white uh robes the knights in white and they had the red crosses remember that at all you ever seen that okay so these guys would take this verse and these were not christians they said they were and they would go out on crusades and they would essentially come to a village, give everybody the message, say, hey, you're either one of us or you're not. And they would kill all those who weren't and saying God, and essentially saying they, one, wanted to plunder them and make England 
huge, for the Catholic Church huge, uh, Church of England huge, uh, wealthy and prosperous, and they justified their actions by verses like this. And so they did their thing and used the word of God to justify it. And they became very wealthy. And they would also, they would plunder, they would go into villages and kill everyone at times, not even, and, and just say, we'll let God sort it out. He knows those who were good. Um, but no, we let God deal with them, but we don't do harm to them. This God desires his house. This man desires his house to be filled. For I tell you, none of those men who were invited shall taste my banquet. Um, Yeah, they 
that after a certain what they walked the rest or they don't do bags out they lost where they were. Yeah. Yeah. So that is yeah. But we do it every day, right? We do it. Well they should give them gift cards for a meal elsewhere. I mean they're replacing them from their home. Um, yeah, there's just remember the the banquet is a picture. Uh, the benefits show the source. Um, the, this is about the great man, and they miss out on the benefits, and they miss out on this great man. Um, they miss out on God. And God's saying to his Jewish people who he's been with since the beginning, who he established and who he loved. He kept his end of the deal. The banquet was open. He invited them in. This was Christ coming. And when time to announce the meal, you know, the, the hour was not known, but they came and they announced he, Christ came, and that was the time, and that was the invitation. It's ready. I'm here. And they missed it. Um, they wanted to continue in their way of life and didn't want to forfeit their plans. I know it's hard to forfeit our plans and it's hard to reorient our priorities, but one of the good news is, part of the good news of the gospel is that God does that for you. He re, re, it's in the new gift of a new heart that actually desires for God and fears not what, you know, what they would be. The old heart fears not getting what it wants done. The new heart fears resisting God. And so the other stuff can wait once the, once the ultimate priority is set in place. And so God compels people. He's the God of everything and the God of everyone. It's Psalm 16 or 19, I'm sorry. He, God, the, the earth is the Lord's and every one on it. I mean, so much for my body, my choice, right? God owns everybody and everything. He is, he's the, as the creator of things, he has a right to all things. And so. The, so this means that this is God, would like to say, was speaking as he came, yeah. spoke to the Jews first. Yep. And they refused him. Mm -hmm. So then that's why he yes. went on out beyond that. Yes. So that means the same thing that for the banquet then is is went there and so they refused. They placed other things in front of him. Right. So then he had to reach out yeah. beyond. Yeah. Um yeah, God, God had always intended to bring the Gentiles in, and this was that happening. Yeah, this was God widening uh, his reach, so to speak. Yeah, and a, a, a people who are not my people, I will call my people. Um, that's us. Jesus prayed for us in John 17, and as the message would grow, people who would believe through. God's opened the door for everyone. In Islam, you're not a true Muslim unless you make a pilgrim a pilgrimage to the Holy Land once a week, to, to Mecca. Um, you have to do that at least once in your life. Um, Christianity, God comes to us no matter where we're at. That's a lot better. No more no pilgrimages for us. There was another thing that put Christ on the cross was the fact that when he said three days at Mm -hmm. It was going to be destroyed. 
you know. Yeah. And uh, and think think about this. Just this is a banquet, a joyful thing. It's supposed to be a joyful thing. This is a high ceremony. This is a place meant for joy. And I love what Barclay writes about that. I'm just going to close with this. <clears throat> um, he, he lists all these people who have said various things about, you know, like gloomy Christians, so to speak. We're supposed to be a people full of joy, marked by joy to an extent. And he cites these people who um, it's all doom and gloom to them. And, and then he, he ends with this. We must always remember that Jesus thought of the kingdom in terms of a feast. A gloomy Christian is a contradiction in terms. Locke, the great philosopher, defined laughter as a sudden glory. There is no healthy pleasure which is forbidden to a Christian man, a Christian person. For a Christian is like one who is forever at a wedding feast. is one, you know, regardless of you know, circumstances, there's a joy that can't be taken. Jesus said that. Regardless of the suffering we have, we always have the joy to look for within it. The lights are never truly out. There's always some light in the room, and it's always him, and he's an eternal light, and he's not going anywhere. <coughs> Wish I'd remember that. <laughs> um, as I tell everybody else. Um, Father, thank you that you, thank you for sending, thank you for planning. You did this of your own accord. No one asked you to throw a banquet. No one asked you. No one can desire to want you. And then you come along and you make that right. You make it untrue and you give us the truth and you grant us all the joy we could never find unless you open our eyes to it. We turn from all these good things that we have to be doing, but you are the priority. Help us as you always have and always will. Make yourself much within us. That the Make yourself every bit of who you are that we could that that no bit of us could turn from and all those wayward parts of us that are concerned with other things important things they can wait till tomorrow i'm sure i'll be tested and fail with this within the next hour but thank you for being so kind thank you for understanding that we are dust but for giving so much attention to it. Undeserved grace and mercy. Thank you for joy. We don't make it far without that. Thank you for the hope that one day all that is not joyful and all that is dark and all that falls into those categories um, will be a thing of the past. And we'll walk in a joy that uh, will 
begins now, and we have little tastes of, little drops on our tongue. And that's all we'll know. That sounds awesome, and I want, I want that for all of us. May we be marked by it now, by your great hand and work. It's for your wonderful name we pray.